Welcome to the Go and Tell Gals podcast. I'm your host, Jess Connolly. I'm an author, a Bible teacher, a coach, and I'm obsessed with helping women take their place in the kingdom and use their God-given gifts. At Go and Tell Gals, we equip and encourage women with different tools like our Map to More guide, our group coaching program, Go Teams, and even by training other women as coaches through our licensing program. Whether you're a college student, a stay-at-home mom, a small business owner, an astronaut, or a veterinarian, our goal is that you lead this episode feeling more empowered to do what God has called you to do. We're so glad you're here and we're on your team. Let's jump into this week's episode. Go and tell gals. I am so excited about today's interview. We are talking with my best friend, the coach that helps me keep going, the person I speak the most to about mission, and that is my husband, Nick Connolly. Nick, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hi. I'm going to intro us and like just kick off the conversation all in one so we don't take up everybody's time because I know we have so many things to say. So the purpose of this podcast, we're calling this episode, Let's Keep Going. You've been on the podcast since episode 10, but episode 10 was your very first appearance on the Go and Tell Gals podcast. You're on 125? We're on episode, this is episode 125. Yeah. Okay, keep going. He's reading ahead. He's reading the notes. So this is episode 125. We had you on the on the podcast in 2018. Okay. Episode 10. You and I hit record in the middle of our dining room. I remember that the sound quality was pretty horrific listening back. And you and I, I don't, I'm gonna just speak freely. I would say we were in a pit of pain at the time. It was not a very painless season. It was not a painless season. <laughs> not unlike this season. Yeah, Let's be honest. Absolutely. We're pressing record in 2022. Now in kind of an interestingly similar season, which I want us to really just kind of speak about, just really use this podcast episode as our therapy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but cheaper. you and I in episode 10 were fresh off the heels of really both wanting to quit mm-hmm. ministry. Mm-hmm. And this month, in March, we're talking about running our race on the Go and Tell Girls podcast. Okay. So you have been digging in your heels specifically in the area of like throwing off what hinders you, figuring out how to press past resistance, keeping a laser focus on what God's called you to. Yeah, I just want to hit record in a different season where the struggles feel different and let you kind of lead out of that of like, what does it look like to keep going Yeah, when it's hard in a different way? Yeah. So thanks for joining us. It's good to be here. Okay. To catch people up, if you could describe what was happening in 2018 when we hit record on that podcast and what happened afterwards, talk about that for a little bit. I think the big thing that when you kind of, it feels like when you're in it, you're not able to step back. And even when we're in a season right now where it feels like we're in it in some ways, it's so hard to look at what actually is happening and what actually God's wanting to reveal, show teach us. And at that time, well, let me back up. I I think there are these moments where there's like themed pain in our life or like themed resistance. And when you have these like themes of resistance, it really helps because you're able to say, all right, God, what are you doing? What are you wanting to work on? How are you wanting me to trust you? 
what am I to learn from this? What do you want to do in and through me? And most of all, who do you want me to be after this is over? And so when I think back to 2018, 2018's pain revolved around people. It just revolved around just relational hardship, just things that I wasn't doing well as a leader, things that people either said to you or said to myself Mm -hmm. that were super hurtful. And how do you process that? How do you continue to love people who've hurt you? And so I think if I had to say 2018 was around people. And through that, I think God really deepened our relationship together, you and I, and then also our relationship with him. And then also just if there was any idolatry when it came to people that is like people pleasing or hoping that people will get you through something or hoping that people will save you from something. I felt like in that season, it was a great reminder that God is God. He's going to bring people and use people in our lives, but they aren't to be worshiped and they're not supposed to be who we depend upon in ways that we should depend upon when it comes to God. I think with 2018, it was like, okay, let's press through the people pain. But if you think back to 2008, for you and I, to 2010, the pain was provision. And, you know, most of the country was going through a time where there was like a pain of provision just because of the recession. And so I think in that moment, it's like, okay, God, what are you doing? Okay, this is wrapped around provision. Okay, God, you want me to trust you. Okay, all right, trusting you when we don't have anything, trusting you when we're pulling quarters out of our car to buy groceries, trusting you when we live, you know, you told us to move 3,000 miles away from home and we're living in a city that's not our own, but we're trusting you. Um, And then fast forward, I think, to now, uh, to right now, we're in an interestingly season where there's a lot of resistance. And, you know, resistance can be hard and resistance can be painful. But I feel like the resistance or the theme now is really perseverance through like hard circumstances. Like, what do you do when life happens to you? It's almost like living in a mayhem commercial, those like Allstate commercials where it's like things are going wrong. So how do you persevere when there's problems that arise? Are you going to be mad at God? Are you going to curse God? Are you going to just be frustrated at the million paper cuts of life? Or are you going to persevere? And so whether it was 2008 or 2018 or now, I think it's so important and helpful for us as people to identify if possible, what is the theme of the resistance or the theme of the pain that is happening in our lives? And so I think if I had to think back to then and even further back and now, it's like, oh, I can see there's some things that God is doing and wants to do. Okay. I'm going to capture a few things right here. Number one, one of the reasons why I'm so grateful that you're my pastor and my husband is because we have literally actually never had this conversation before where you've just been able to identify 2008 was provision, 2018 was people. Mm -hmm. We've never had this conversation before and you were able to just really succinctly explain something that honestly I haven't had words for. (laughs) So, and I'm a person who has a lot of of words, words. obviously. So I'm really grateful for that. So that's one thing I want to just capture. God bless you that you're able to sit because you're a hundred percent right. A lot of people know who have read any of our books know. Yeah. 2008 was about provision. It was about like, can we make it? Are we going to be okay? Is God good? Yeah. 2018 was absolutely about people. So, okay. I want to put another asterisk there. Because again, we're just no filter people. And the point of this podcast is (laughs) to be as, as transparent as possible. Okay. What you said that like that God had become God again, and that that this like idol of people pleasing had a crash. Mm -hmm. I do see that that happened in your life. 
You did do that. Okay. I did not. That's not true. I think I got more scared of disappointing people after 2018. I think I'm coming out of it. Okay. I think it's taken a good four years. Okay. But I think I got more scared. You took the, uh, the long way home. I took the long way home. <laughs> and I want to say that because some of you have yeah. experienced people pain. Yeah. And it's made you, I don't, I actually feel no shame about that. Oh, yeah. I don't feel shame about that. But some of you have experienced people pain and it's made you like more resilient and it's made you more secure. And I would say to some degree that the way that I've responded to the people pain of 2018 is that I got a lot softer. There's just no doubt about it. Yeah. Somebody, if you met me or if you knew me pre-2018, I was a very true Enneagram 8, embodied a lot of that. And I still am now, but I'm a much softer, gentler person. So maybe I had to get tougher and you yeah. had to get gentler. Yeah. Gentler. Yeah. yeah. You had to grow that thick skin. I had yeah. to grow the tender heart. heart. Yeah, yeah, the soft heart. So, but I will say that I have noticed, and you and I have talked about this a lot, that a lot of my current leadership pain stems from, I still just really struggle with people pleasing. I want people to like me mm. and I have a hard time showing up in the spaces God's asked me to be, just to be honest, like, like yeah. everybody else, you know, and knowing that that might mean the disapproval of people is going to come. Now, I want to just pause there to say, okay, this is an important thing for you guys to know. Most of you, I believe, know this, but if you don't, when we're talking about leadership specifically, Nick and I, we're talking about leading Bright City Church, which mm -hmm. we do together and is our primary calling outside of loving our family and loving one another. It's the number one way we feel like God's asked us to bring the kingdom to earth is mm -hmm. leading Bright City Church here in Charleston. So I just wanted to give that asterisk of, I think it's taken me about four years to process the people pain. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. But I also think just to be unfiltered, as yeah. you like to say, I think that I think a lot of times people ascribe victory to something as you never struggle with it or it never resurfaces again. You're right. And I think victory is actually like, who do you turn to when that's good? Like when it comes up again. So You're right. great example. If 2018 was about overcoming like hurts from people, I think even just recently, there have been some things that have come up and they're not major or anything, but it revolved around people. And I felt like, oh man, you know, everybody knows that like sometimes your heart just gets squirrely, like things just are swirling around and it's like, it just makes you bothered and hot. And so I would say that I don't think like the victory looks like, okay, here's what it was in 2018. It's going to happen again. Now the question is, is do I give into it yeah. or do I like trust him with it? And so I think that's what victory looks like. And so all that to say is just recently, I felt like there had been some things surfacing and they were surfacing because of a history of rejection that yeah. I've experienced over my life. And so it's not that those things ever go away. It's just that like you capture them, you see what, you see what happened, but you see what God's done and you remember them and then you move forward and just say, all right, you can feel the rejection coming up again. I want to lash out or I want to withdraw. And actually, this is more about me taking it to God. And so, Oof, I think, yeah, I think so just good. To, yeah, all that to say is I don't, I don't know if you took the long way home or as much as you just 
you know, really dealing with those things and like figuring out where do you take them and who do you run to is I think where the victory happens. Yeah. I think I took the healing way home for me. It <laughs> took maybe a little longer than I wish I it would have. That's great. Okay. And last thing I want to catch up to now. So what, okay. okay. What's the problem of now you mentioned circumstances, which I believe is true, but can I offer another option that number one fits <laughs> yeah. alliteration, which, you no, know, you, feels, important. it feels important. important. And also that I'm just curious. Cause I, I think that, this is what you and I wrestle with. I think that you and I wrestle right now with like the potential of our calling. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the circumstances are hard and the yeah. little like paper cuts that are getting us down right now are hard. Yes. But I think that right now at 37 and 39, you know, seven years, eight years into church planting. Yeah. It's important to know that I'm 37 and you're 39. You're 39 and I'm 37 (laughs) on the cusp of our forties is what I'm saying with, with teenagers. I think a little bit of what we're really wrestling with. And I just, I just say this, if anybody else of you are there is like, is this it God? Like, are we doing it right? Is there supposed to be more, you know, like, well, it's, and I think somebody, I don't, I know it was a pretty big, deal probably 10 or 15 years ago somebody wrote a book called halftime and so i think it's the same thing that happens in scripture like when you see you know moses or kings or or anything like that there's this this moment that happens when you hit your 40s and it's not obviously it's coined the midlife crisis and i think it can manifest into a midlife crisis if you're not like prayerfully processing what God's done and what does he want to do for the next half of your life, give or take. And so I think for us, it's been a processing of like, okay, God, here's what you've done. Now, what does it look like for the next 40 years or or even, you know, the next decade? And I think for me, at least, and I shared this with you is I think in your twenties and maybe even in your early thirties, hopefully you're learning like who you are in Christ. And so you're learning about this, like, general identity that we all have in and through Christ Jesus. And then in your thirties, like that identity is being like solidified in you. And so life happens, things happen. Like, who are you? Who are you really? Who are you going to be when everybody's looking and when no one's looking? So God's solidifying that identity. And so then comes your forties. And at least for me, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but at least for me, it's like, okay, God, this is who I am in Christ. But who am I in Christ as Nick Connolly? Yeah. Like, who am I specifically? If that's my general identity, what is my specific identity? And so I think a lot of that is what you and I have been talking about. I preach every every week for the most part. Yeah. Is this the best use of my time on this planet? Yeah. Like, honestly, it really is just a resubmitting of calling and gifting. Like, yeah. That's all it is. It's just a resubmitting of just saying, all right, Lord, you called me to this a while back and I don't want to strangle it. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, choke it to death, but God, what would it look like to have open hands? Do you want to breathe in more power to it? And so I think that is part of, you know, what we're wrestling with. And then I think what is interesting is the little problems of life that are like, I mean, I guess it's like, okay to share one, like yeah. our poor dog, like has torn two ACLs in the last two years. And those are not cheap fixes for big dogs. And it's not, nobody died. Like we didn't lose anyone. Like, yeah, you know, it's not traumatic. It's not traumatic, but it's like you're wrestling with big heavenly eternal things in the midst of 
a very temporal world and, right. and the reminder of that. And, so and the, think, the physical oh, yeah. handling of, you know, we have to like make sure we have this money to pay for these oh, really yeah. expensive and, surgeries. We have to yeah. pause moving forward and things to carry our 110 pound dog up and down the stairs. Yeah. You know, that's going to be a you thing. It's a big dog who like, you know, and that's one thing yeah. of the many circumstances that we've been kind of just pushing through in this Mm -hmm. season. So I feel like that's really helpful. So whether you find yourself kind of in a crisis of provision or a crisis of people or a crisis of like your potential or your calling, we're with you. So Mm -hmm. what I want to talk about specifically, because this is where you've been doing a lot of like deep soul work Mm -hmm. and just massive spoiler alert. Every once in a while on Instagram, I'll give this massive spoiler alert of like, Nick's working on something, you know, so I'm going to just say it again. Nick's working on essentially like resources to help people who want to quit. Yes. And to do that, to have the authority that you have in that area, Mm -hmm. you have to want to quit yourself. Like the thing is that the leadership and the authority that you have in this space isn't because you never want to quit. It's because you often experience the desire to want to quit and you don't. Yeah. And so kind of how do you process that. How do you process that? So here's what I'm asking you. And Lord knows, you know, you are married to a woman who fantasizes about quitting. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's not, well, I don't know. You can speak for yourself. It's like, you know, there's a great big old world out there. Yeah. You just want to quit. No, no. Yeah. I fantasize (laughs) about wanting to quit what I'm currently doing. Okay. I don't want to quit everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, should we sell insurance? Should we move to Miami? Should, you know, like, it's just always a little bit like it's on the table for me at all times, which is, you know, maybe something you would tell me to change, but you're having a hard Wednesday. It's a hard day. Yeah. What makes you want to quit right now? I think the things that would trigger one to quit if they're similar to me are number one, just the idea of resistance just the idea that like, does it always feel like you're walking into the wind of a hurricane? Because I think there are a lot of things in life that kind of teach you how to live. And I hate using this term because I know someone has done an amazing work on a book that talks about this. And so I'm not, I don't think I'm using it in the same context as them, but like an effortless life, like someone has convinced you that you're doing something worthwhile and you'll know that God's in it because it's effortless, because it's like the wind's behind you and the wind is in your sails and like your favorite songs are on the radio. And and so anyway, I think when I experience resistance, I think that is one of the big things that is hard and causes one to think about like, God, am I, am I doing the right thing? Am I heading in the right way? Because it feels like walking into a hundred mile per hour wind is not the right way. It feels like I should be going downwind or with the wind. But what we know about the kingdom and what we know about the enemy is, and this is true in John 10, 10, is that there is this like clash that happens when we are seeking abundance. It's usually going to be found when we press through the resistance of the enemy. I mean, that's, he's coming to kill, steal and destroy. And wind might be a part of that. And so I think a lot of times I struggle in the resistance. And I would say the other thing that I struggle with is the idea of fruit. Because number one, I think that there is this like loud gospel of worldly results. And I kind of talked about this when I 
preached yesterday was like, man, there, there is a like worldly results that looks very attractive. Like there is a worldly fruit. And here's the hard part is I think we as Christians and believers have created like some wax fruit going on, like some, like some like wax fruit situation. What I mean by that is that I think we are calling certain accolades fruit when it's not kingdom fruit at all. It's just fake fruit. And so when you see that in people's lives where it's like, oh, this is what kingdom fruit looks like. And actually it's, it's a fruit of this culture rather than the kingdom. Even when you know that it's really hard to keep going because again, speaking from personal experiences, I'm volunteering to doing something really hard for the kingdom. And number one, it's just hard enough. And then number two, you don't want to keep going. Like nobody chooses to do the hard thing and take the hard way. Like it's not something we want to do. But usually when those things are clicking on all cylinders, I feel like I want to give up the most. Like when there is a a resistance and then when it feels like there is no fruit happening at the moment, there's nothing going on. That's when I probably get the most discouraged. What do you think makes me want to quit the most? I'm just curious as a, as a, as a (laughs) don't quit coach, if you happen to notice in me, what makes me feel the most? I don't know what it would be, but here's what I observed to be true about you is I think like you have a blip of quit and then a like surge of resilience. And so in like, when you first experience something, you're like, okay, well that's done. We're done with that. Let's just pack it up. If, if you want to quit, I can quit. But then like, once you shake your head, there is like a resolve in you that helps even me get through. So if we're having like a tough day and we're, we're both like, man, this is tough. Yeah. You don't live there long. Yeah. Whereas my personality is I, I could wrestle with defeat and despair and discouragement for like weeks. Yeah. You, you have a slower build and a slower release. Yeah. From defeat. Yeah. Whereas I would say I'm a fast and furious. It can come on in a second. You're right. When it's gone. But that's how you process everything. That's how I process you're everything. A quick process. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm a big feelings person. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, yours is yours is a slower build, but it's not as extreme. Mm-hmm. And mine is like, yeah, I want to quit right now. And then the next day, watch out because I'm going to. Yeah. Take over the world. Yeah. I want to say the two things that make me want to quit the most. Cause okay. I think you're, I think those are definitely true for you. I think like Issue a fruit resistance or and resistance. Yeah. yeah. So resistance, meaning like any circumstance that just makes it hard, mm-hmm. you know, or any like spiritual resistance. And then also, yeah, fruit and comparison. You and I had a really interesting conversation last week about comparison versus mm-hmm. jealousy. And yep. I, I told you, I think men, they have a lot harder time talking about comparison because they just haven't, they just don't hear about it as much as women do. Whereas it's all we hear about and we know how to look for it. But what you were kind of accessing that day is that you don't experience jealousy, but there might be something different in there that's comparison that isn't jealousy. Just, just interesting. Yeah. And I think going back to that calling thing, it was, I don't know if this is, Maybe I'm just calling it something that it's not, but it was almost like a sanctified comparison. Like I was telling yes. you, I was telling you like, oh yeah, are, I want to know that God has called me to this and I want to know that he's asked me to do this and he wants me to continue to do it. And kind of what it was, was looking at other, like to the left and right and be like, Hey, I, I like, I want to learn from them. I want to like, you know, it's a, but you were like, that's comparing yourself. And I was like, no, no, no. I want to, I want to learn from them. 
Yeah, you were like, I don't want what they have. And yeah. I was like, no, I know, but you're you're still looking at <laughs> them a lot. I didn't want their fruit. I just wanted their faithfulness. Like, yeah. I wanted- yeah. I wanted to know how to be faithful. It's a really humble expression of comparison. The point is, at some point, you just got to stop looking. looking. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What I think makes me most want to quit, we're just sharing these if this frees any of you guys up. Because once you identify, this is a trigger that makes me want to quit, then you can speak that truth helps. to it. Yeah. yeah. So I think these are my two. Number one is you kind of touched on this, but you know this is true about me. Anytime I don't know how to do something, like, oh, yeah. forget Oof. it. <laughs> But it, it's like not like a, it's not like how to preach the gospel. It's like how to do something in life. It's and, and usually somebody wants to teach you and you're like, nope, I'm good. I'm out. I'll never <laughs> do it again. Yeah. It's usually pretty logistical stuff. Oh, yeah. Like I was, I, I just no had a weight of, of eternal significance whatsoever. <laughs> I just told my team that like my massive win for this month. But really for this decade, I'm going to say is that I've learned how to do financial projections on a spreadsheet for my team. Like no one else made the spreadsheet. I made the spreadsheet. I know how to manipulate it. It works. I'm actually doing it like the way you're supposed to be doing it. You got, do you remember, you got so mad at me for putting, you had this beautiful, beautiful handwritten projection thing. And I was like, hey, let me put it on a spreadsheet so we can like manipulate it and like change it or or keep track of it. And it was like... (laughs) I didn't know if you were going to go to the courthouse and file for divorce or what. <laughs> when I don't know how to do something, it's a I want to walk away. Yep. But acknowledging that now helps me yes. because I can feel that kind of like I can feel that rise up in me, and it's just embarrassment and shame. That's all it is. And so then I can be like, "This is shame that you don't need to feel about yeah. something you don't know yet." That's okay. And like people want to come around you. And help yeah, you. Like, I get, and it's something. It means I get to grow. It means I get to learn all the things. I'll, and then the other one for me, which again leads back into the people pain piece, is if somebody hurts my feelings. Mm, like yeah. if I'm caring a lot, and if I'm like leading in a lot of ways, and someone like makes an, I would actually just say if someone makes an assumption about me, mm-hmm. I am like, and we're seen we're done. Yeah. And so you can just imagine how often that happens in ministry, you know, because, because like social media can only literally be our highlight reel. There is no way to know what anyone is holding, what anyone yeah. is carrying, what anyone is dealing with. And so I think anytime somebody makes an assumption about me and I'm like actually in the thick of it, I'm like, forget it. Let's sell insurance. Because I think, too, as leaders, part of leadership is leading people to go to a different place. And what's interesting is as leaders, you're leading them to go to a different place, knowing their pain and knowing their struggles and knowing like what's hard in their life. And what I've noticed, and, you know, we have great church people, so I'm not saying in general, like specifically, but in general, nobody looks up to a leader and says like, Hey, I know you're holding 9,000 things. Will you do this for me? It's usually like, Hey, can you meet? And then you can't because there's 9,000 things you're doing. Yeah. And people are like, Oh, I know you're busy or I know you don't. And so I could see how that would be yeah. hard. Whew, it's real. Hey gals, this message is for anyone who would like to get better sleep, lower their stress, or who maybe struggles with anxiety or depression. We are big fans of the Abide app here at Go and Tell Gals. It is actually the number one Christian meditation app, and Abide users report lower stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and better sleep. 
you can start your day with daily meditation. You can use the Abide app when you're feeling stressed, when you're trying to go to sleep. You can use it just when you want to have a little centering time to spend a little time with the Lord. For a very limited time, our listeners are getting 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash gals. You can literally get started today with that premium subscription by downloading the app and go straight to that website, abide.co slash gals. You're going to get stories and meditations, music, soothing sounds, and more. We want to encourage you. We want to support you. And we are so thankful for how you support Go and Tell Gals by listening to messages like this and checking out the products that we get to share with you. We love you. We bless you. And we want God's actual best for you. A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash gals to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Okay, so you and I identified a few of the things that make us want to quit. Other things are going to make you guys want to quit. How can we most encourage our partners and our friends when they need to keep going. Yeah. Let me like preface this question because I think a lot of the things I've been wrestling with when it comes to quitting and not quitting is I think a lot of times when people have something they want to offer to the world as far as a message, people will automatically say, well, number one, you don't understand. Number two, I can't. Or number three, like they're going to think of the nuanced like thing that I haven't thought of, of the person who lives in some foreign country that is doing something and they actually need to quit. And so just addressing, first of all, like when we talk about not quitting, these are the God given things that God has put in your life that he has offered you to steward and you, in order to steward it, well, you have to keep going. And so this is not the like toxic friendship. Like we're not saying, Hey, keep taking it on the chin. This is not the like horribly toxic job that is, really destroying your family. Like we're not talking about those things. I I feel like that should be helpful. It's really good because there are outliers, Yes, but there is a, also a common experience in that people who are called to particular things want to quit them. (laughs) Good things. They want to quit them. Yes. And so I think, you know, I, a lot of times when I talk to people, it's like 95% of the time, there's like a way forward. And then there's like 5% of the time where there's either a pause or a pivot. And so anyway, so this is for the 95% of the time. How can we keep, I encourage you to keep going. The biggest, I will share this with our staff. I feel like the biggest thing that would help is just this clarity around calling. And so when I talked to the staff with our staff mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, I said, Hey, listen, here's the deal you know, resistance comes and it's going to come in these ways. And then I said, part of the deal though, is you have to determine what you're supposed to be doing. So if this is something that God's given you to do, you're supposed to determine, is this a good season? So there are sometimes like a great example of this is when we went to plant our church the first time around, it was in 2008 and it was not a good season for us at all. Yeah. And it was not a season that God had grace for us to do what he called us to do. Yeah. And so what are you supposed to do? When are you supposed to do it? And I think sometimes when we get the what, we think the win is now. 
And so you got to determine when you're supposed to do it. And then the other big thing that we talked about was how you're supposed to do it. Jesus gives this amazing invitation in Matthew 11 that he invites people to come to him, all who are weary and heavy laden, and he will give them rest. And what's the most beautiful thing about the kingdom is that it really is hard work, but the burden when you're doing it rightly or when you're doing it in the ways that he has graced us to do them can actually be light things. Like we're carrying very hard things, but we're doing it yoked to him. And so once you determine what you're doing, once you determine, is this the right time? And then determining that you're doing it in the right way. So if you're working seven days a week and you're not Sabbathing, you're not doing it right. And you're going to want to quit. And so when we determine those things, then we get to say, you know what? God's given me this to do. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. He's, this is when I'm supposed to be doing it. Like he's paved the way. He's I'm paved. in the correct I am, season. I am in the correct season. And then how you're supposed to do it. Okay, I'm giving exactly what I'm supposed to be giving to this right now. Then you press through, but you have to really process those clarifying questions. A great example of, I keep going back to that how. I don't know why, but I keep going back to the how. Because I think a lot of times we're doing the right things in the wrong way. Yeah. Like you are launching a business and you're working like a dog and not trusting that God's going to work on your behalf. Yeah. Or you are in ministry and you are not Sabbathing. Or you are in ministry, you have young kids at home and you think that you are going to be able to work like eight to six every day or eight to seven every day. And the reality is, is like there have been times in our lives where I was doing what we were supposed to be doing when we were supposed to be doing it. But the how kind of changes. Like right now we're in like a crazy carpool season where we spend both of us two hours plus in the car every day. And so I can step back and say, okay, I'm getting the work in and under no circumstances am I doing less than eight hours of work six times a week or, you know, whatever it is. Or I can say, you know what, like this season looks different. Our kids are only home for a certain amount of time. And this is going to be my way that I pour into them, form their hearts and disciple them. And so this is what God is doing in this season. One day when we're empty nesters, it looks a little different. But for right now, this is how our calling is expressed. And so we can determine what we're doing when we're doing it and how we're supposed to be doing it with the emphasis on how. Then when resistance comes, then it's like, oh, check, check, check. Let's keep going. Like check, check, check. All right, let's do this oh, wait, I'm not doing this how I'm supposed to be doing it. I need to love my wife better. Or I need to love my spouse better by doing it this way. And so I need to pivot. And so yeah. I, think, I think those are helpful things when it comes to knowing how to press through. I want to share something about like this idea of whether it's a friend or a spouse or a ministry partner, if they're feeling the tug to quit. I want to basically prove two opposite points. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes your person really needs to hear you say, don't quit. Mm -hmm. I've experienced that time and time again. I mean, I think, I think for me, this comes in the form of business and writing and like teaching and using my gift in that way that if I ever came to you and said, I feel tempted to quit this and you like hesitated, <laughs> I think it would be really hard for me. Mm -hmm. I think that like sometimes I really need to hear you say you are doing a great work. You cannot come down from Nehemiah. Like yep. stay here. This is good. But like early on when you started speaking and writing and like we were yeah. doing all the things, like it was happening to us. 
It was. And, like, we were it, not it, choosing. We it. were not in like we were not in the driver's seat. Like I yes. don't even know if I was in the driver. Like I didn't know what was going on. Yes. And so in those moments, there would always be that pause, which there shouldn't have been in my heart. Like, uh, I don't know. Should we? Because yeah. we hadn't determined what, when, or how. Like, it yeah. was just happening. And so I love that when you say like the pause. Like, it, yeah, you need to, you know, chime back. But I will say this, and if you don't mind, I'll use this exact scenario because I was talking to a friend who was kind of confessing like that her husband was having a hard time, like affirming her calling. Mm -hmm. And I told her, so this is me proving the opposite point. Mm -hmm. And I told her like, there was a long period of time really when it was happening to us. Mm -hmm. And it would have been hard for you to say like, get out there, tiger, (laughs) go write another book, (laughs) you know? Everything's crazy. And I told her what happened in that season is that like, I needed to hear God's voice. Mm. I needed to be commissioned by God. And I would say, likewise with you, there are days when I feel like it's been helpful for me to say like, Nick, you are the guy for the job. God has placed you here on purpose. Like, please keep going. Mm -hmm. And then I, I have felt the days, like I have felt the days from the giving end of that, where I know those words are not falling. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how many times I say it, you need to hear it from God. And so I would say as a friend, as a partner, as a spouse, if somebody you love is struggling with wanting to quit their God-given calling, your words do matter. And Mm -hmm. also they don't. Yep. And also at the end of the day, they need to hear from God. Yeah, They need to know that God has placed them there. And their resolve and their resiliency is going to be directly tied to the kingdom and not you if they keep going. Mm-hmm. And I would say ultimately in this season, in this crisis of potential calling, et cetera, that we're in right now, you and I are hearing from God mm-hmm. individually. And that's why we're keeping going. You know, yeah. and it's so helpful to know that we're on each other's team. But yes, I'm like, you are being encouraging, so. <laughs> you. but yeah, you're and the same. Likewise, like you're in a stage of our life where when I leave to go speak at a church, you're leaving a note on my pillow to say, like, get out there. I'm so proud of you. Like you're being very encouraging, but I'm doing it because God's asking mm-hmm. me to do it. It's the what. You yeah. The what. And so I'll say that now I want to speak to anyone who feels tempted to quit at the same time that there have been long seasons of our life that we could not. And this is what we both have said in retrospect about 2018. I've said this on the podcast before, and I've had people reach out to me because it sounds really sad to say, <laughs> but it's just true. Do you know what I'm going to say? No, go for it. That if you and I had told our, the people in our life in 2018 that we wanted to quit. Oh, yeah, they would have. They would have said. Oh, yeah. They would have said, you should probably quit. I don't think that's their fault or anyone else's fault. I don't either. The thing that you have to know, I don't know if you want to write this down or like get it tattooed on you, but like it will always be easier to walk away. Yeah. It will because the enemy is always going to make a way out of the kingdom work. Like he just, he just is like, it will always be easier to walk away. There will always be a way out. There will always be these opportunities that come up that will be so much easier to pack in. And I think it just to see the what's happening in our country right now and over the last two years is this great resignation. And in a lot of ways, it's beautiful. People are resettling, people are repivoting, people are seeing what's important in their life. And they're like, man, I have been chasing after the wrong thing. But I also think that it is it has been also an opportunity, an easy opportunity for people to walk away on some of the things that they should have kept going in, whether it be like a marriage or like a calling or, you know, whatever it looks like. And 
I think just hear me say the most beautiful thing about God is that even when we remain faithless, he remains faithful. And so even when we walk away on something that we might have should have stayed a little bit longer or whatever, he is still faithful. There is still so much grace. He still loves you. He still believes in you. He still has more for you. And so, you know, just even in that, it's it's always going to be easier to walk away from the good and godly things in your life. But at the same time, if there is or ever is a moment where we do walk away from something that we should have kept going in, God is there to walk with us and he's there to walk us back. And he's yeah. there to, I mean, he's just, he is a good and gracious God. And so. And here's the just big disclaimer of like, if there's anything in you that's listening and saying like, how could he have said I shouldn't have walked away? Like he actually didn't say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why we have to use discernment in yeah. listening to any content because Nick Connolly, Jess Connolly, we cannot tell you to stay and we cannot tell you to go. Nope. We do not have that authority in your life. We do not know. We all as individuals and especially as followers of Jesus have to use the discernment that we have to listen to Holy Spirit. And so we're saying, if you're in a calling that your gut is saying like, God does not want me to quit this, even though it's hard, he has placed me here on purpose. If God is saying that to you, like, here's how you keep going. And so I just want to give that like asterisk of like, we actually don't have the discernment over your life, you know? Now, that being said, even my point about saying that in 2018, people would have told us to quit and they would have done it in love. They would have said, you have been through the ringer. This is so hard. They wouldn't have called us failures. No, they would they have said, walked us to the other end. They would like, have walked hey, with us in settled. love. Yeah. But I mean, we were just in a pit. Everything on paper in 2018 said you should walk away. Mm-hmm. We know friends who have been at that point in ministry that we were at that did walk away. And that was absolutely the right choice for them. Yeah, absolutely. So what I'm saying in that is that asterisk now. So that was 2018. Now, last Wednesday, it's 2022. Last Wednesday, we're in this just particular season for us. I've actually not even told you this story, but I'm going to say her name because my dear friend Becky deserves a shout out. But my dear friend Becky texted me last week and she said, Hey, I'm praying for you. You are in it. I want you to tell me right now what you need. Mm -hmm. And I said, I need you to tell me that I can't quit. (laughs) And y'all, I'm going to pull up my text thread because I want to read her exact words and just quote, what she said, because it was so, it was just so life-giving and so simple. I said, my gut answer is tell me not to quit. She said, well, obviously you can't quit. The mission is too big. And I said, these are just the building years, right? The dark before the dawn, the middle of a really good story. And she said, I have to believe that. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm even want to say about that is that even in our own lives, it takes a little bit of discernment of knowing like, when's the right time to ask somebody else to encourage you? Because had we asked anybody and we didn't, we didn't ask a single person in 2018, should we quit? Because we knew, Mm -hmm. like we knew in our gut, we had to keep going. And even to one another, we could be just vulnerable enough, Mm -hmm. you know, to really like let it out and then press in again. But my asterisk in that is that if you have a safe person, if you have someone who acknowledges and sees God's call on your life, hopefully you have more than one person who knows you and knows God's call and will not let you quit. But I keep thinking about that text from Becky. I keep thinking about how the fact that to have the privilege of hearing someone say, of course you can't quit. I had to say I was thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I I had to open up the can for them to say, 
for her to say specifically, like, you can't stop. Mm-hmm. And I pray, I think we both pray that you will get what you need from people, but mostly that you'll get it from God. And that hopefully this podcast can be a resource to just know you can be called to really good, beautiful things that do actually have really good, beautiful fruit. And you can still be discouraged and you can still feel defeated yeah. for a variety of reasons. Also, I think it's really important to say, because I think I think a lot of times I'm sure you'd hear this a lot, like, oh, I just, I don't have a Becky in my life or I don't have that friend. Yeah. And I've just been thinking a lot about God's word lately and how mm-hmm. like there are moments where God speaks through the prophetic, like timely words that come for his people that point them to like restoration and hope and joy and like a continuation and a keeping of going, like just to keep going. But also there are like so many times in God's word where the encouragement to keep going was based in the remembrance of what he's already done. That's good. And so like the Psalms, like you just read the Psalms or read, I actually mentioned this in the, in the sermon yesterday. Yeah. The word remember happens over 250 times in scripture. And it's not this new and fresh prophetic word from a friend in the moment, but it's actually Israel looking back and seeing the power of God in the past that helps them keep going for a better future. I just share that because if I think at least for me or a lot of other people would be listening to this and like, man, I just don't have that person in my life. You do. He's the father and yeah. he's written his word and he's going to keep pointing to the remembrance of the ways that he's come through in the past so that you can believe him for the future. So good. All right, Nick. I think I'm going to release you now. This was an incredible therapy session. Thanks for having me. (laughs) No, you are so wise. And thanks for just pastoring so many of our listeners through this. And, and thanks for being the person to dig into this like desire, temptation to quit and what's behind it and help us keep going. I think it's God's ability to give me like verbal agreements with myself that I have to keep going. Yeah. Remember you're on that podcast episode 10. Remember, remember what you said? Yeah. Kind of like when I said that I wasn't going to get Botox and breaking free from body shame. So now I can't. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was thinking. Was it? Not at all. Okay. Well, as we outro this episode in a very fitting outro, I want to just tell you about next week's episode. This week, Nick and I have gone into the deep, deep, deep end of quitting and calling and mission. And I pray it has super blessed you. But I need to tell you that next week's episode, we're going to play in the shallow end in Jesus name. And we're going to have a lot of fun. It is going to be a podcast episode like you have never experienced on Go and Tell Gals. So today we did the deep soul work that I pray will help you keep going in your God-given calling for His glory and the good of others. And next week, we're going to have some fun. So join us here. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave a review. We love you. God bless you.